0: hello everyone and welcome out to this episode of the good the bad and the geeky and we have a great episode for you before we get to that though please check out pack rat comics visit our show notes for more information or check them out online at packratcomics.com and if you want to throw some love our way and you know support us in the process with over 2,000 200,000 titles to choose from audible is where it's at you can sign up at, for a three-day trial with a free audiobook of your choice by going to audibletrial.com forward slash And uh, did you know that we are proud members of the It's All Been Done Presents Network? Well, speaking of the network, Captain Richard Dick Kakke is a womanizing, egotistical jerk, or is he? Find out in the first original novel from IABD Presents Loves Less Lost. Follow Kakke as he takes his first command and reflects back on his early missions and his non-relationship with the only woman he ever really loved, Grace Thomas. Is there a man behind the bluster? Yes. Yes, there is. Also featuring peeks into the heads of the rest of the crew of the ASS-50, the Universe Journey novel is the perfect entry point for those who have never heard of the series, with a great deepening for those who are already fans. It's available exclusively on Amazon.com for only $2.99. It's all been done anyway, so check out IABDPresents.com, and please support all of our programming at Patreon.com forward slash Okay. So, this episode of GBG, again, is another GBG drive-by. If you guys want more information on what's coming up and what's in store for, I guess you would say, the next season of The Good, the Bad, and the Gee, then please be sure to check out our last episode, at least the first half. And if you don't want to listen to a review of Wonder, just listen to the first half. Um, I'll, in the show notes, I'll have the timestamps and all that best I can. All right, so today the movie Coco is a new Pixar film. And without talking about Coco, you, I mean, while talking about Coco, you have to talk about Olaf's Frozen Adventure, which, dear God, 21 minutes of pure bullshit. But the thing is that by the end of the film, I was actually, I just didn't care, I guess, about it. And Maybe it's because it's like Stockholm Syndrome. It just beated me, beated me. It, yeah, it beated me to a pulp, yo. Words are hard. Take a drink. You're playing the GBG drinking game. But seriously, uh, this film directed by Lee Umkrich, which is a, he's a classic at this point, Pixar individuals, part of the story team, director. And the film Coco, though, is wonderful. And again, I find it really fascinating. I, I feel like I can always suspend disbelief for just enough. So even though I know it's a Disney movie and I know it will have a happy ending going into it, you—I when I watch a story, if they can suck me in the first five minutes and I can suspend disbelief, I also lose the disbelief that it could have that happy ending. I guess I, I guess I, I just let myself be taken by the story. And Coco is a great, great story. It's about a boy who, a Mexican boy, who his family for the longest time has made shoes. And uh, you find out because his great-grandmother, Coco, her mother was spurred by her husband who apparently gave up music for his life for his life and music for his family and what is amazing is that now this young boy he wants to be a musician but he has to hide it from his family because music is not allowed you can't talk about music you can't play music near them you know if they're walking down the street and the mariachi is playing they will like bash the guitar in or scare them off Again, music, no bueno. So for the boy, it's really important, you know, that, about you know, it's really important about this music stuff. So he, in an effort to try to play music, he, when his family destroys his guitar, which is kind of a brutal thing to do to the kid, he goes into the center of town where Ernesto de la Cruz, his, and by the way, the boy's name is, up, I don't want to keep calling him the boy, but when Ernesto De La Cruz played by Benjamin Bratt, by the way yes, that's a great thing this entire cast all latino mexican fantastic good job pixar usually they don't you, you whitewash the cast during works um, and even disney in some cases so good job pixar but when his guitar gets broken he goes to the center of town in the cap- during not the cafeteria during the morgue and uh, a mortuary for Ernesto De La Cruz where his guitar is laid to rest with him I maybe mean, breaks in and steals it. Now, the thing about the Day of the Dead is that you have a shrine, usually it's on the tombstone or in your family locale, and you kind of do a shrine, to family members passed, uh, passed on, and you take a picture of them. And one of the things that is really interesting is that on that Day of the Dead, the dead do cross over from the land of the dead. And yeah, it's really kind of cool. And they can visit their family and they can take the ghost apparitions of the things that are left behind with them. So like if you leave an apple for your great aunt Matilda, Matilda will actually be there as long as you post a picture of her as well. And she will take, she will reach for the apple and grab it, and then she'll take like the ghost version of the apple. And so it's something it's currency she can actually take with her when she returns back to the land the day of the land of the dead. Again, super cool concept, super well done in terms of how it was executed. The only problem is that if you steal something from someone who's dead, the only one who can return you is a past family member. And Miguel starts to piece together that he may be related to Ernesto de la Cruz. Because what happened was, his grandmother's mother, the great-grandma, Coco, her mother, so his great-great-grandma, her husband was a musician, Ernesto de la Cruz, who left everything behind, including his family, to become a musician. In the process, he became a big star, and only had a few select tra- select set of songs that made him popular and then then died eventually but and of course so he's a huge star in the, in the in the land of the dead and he doesn't know he has a grandson so his great great grandmother refuses to help him return back home because and part of her conditions are you never touch music again you give it up and uh, he refuses to do that so he makes his way along with a Con man who's trying to con his way back into the land of the of the living, again not to be alive but to see his family member, his daughter uh, Hector and uh, and Hector makes little side comments again, conning his way to, uh, with Miguel. He's like, oh yeah, I know Ernesto de la Cruz. Sure, I can get you to him. I used to. I grew up in town with him when was, we were little. Spoiler alert: Hector is the dad of Coco. And uh, Ernesto de la Cruz is not. But the twist comes in is that he does know Ernesto de la Cruz. Hector, they know each other, and they were best friends. They were partners, actually. And Hector was the better musician, and he wrote all the music. Tons of songs in a notebook. And then Ernesto, when Hector wanted to leave the duo and head home to see his daughter, because he was tired of being on the road for so long, Ernesto murdered him. Poisoned him, and stole his uh, his music, and uh, his his letters that where he was trying to send to home to Coco. Hence, why the movie's called Coco, because it's not really clear that much in the mil- You know, while you're watching the movie, why the hell is this thing called Coco? I mean, you hear great grandmother Coco, but like, what's the significance there? Will she die, and then they have to save her? Will she save him? What's going on? And of course, when the twist is that Hector is really coco's father and i mean it's such to me it was such like a good twist now the important thing is to note, and this is why there's the running clock is that not only will miguel turn and become dead if he stays in the land of the dead for too long hector if your picture is not put out on display during the day of the dead you will you will die a second time and there's no coming back from that you will die as well and what's super interesting about that is that uh, miguel's great great Grandmother Hector's wife, Coco's mother, refused to put anything out for that. Again, which goes into why musicians are hated by the family. And so, Miguel has to deal with Ernesto de la Cruz not wanting his secret to be released out, um, he ha- and to save his great-great-grandfather, and also uh, possibly put his family, who are passed away, together, and then also we go back to the land of the living. But the problem is that he doesn't want to sacrifice his dream, which is music, at the same time. Which is such, it's again, it's such a good movie. It's well told, well put together. And I thought the twist for Hector to me was kind of, I don't know, maybe at my writer brain was like, oh, I know where this is going. Ha, ha 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 But then again, I didn't see the second twist with Ernesto de la Cruz killing Hector. I thought that was just because that's what these characters do characters in these types of movies, they calm their way to the lead character and then halfway through, they have a big moment where they realize they were wrong. And the big thing for this one would be, he was wrong. Oh my God, you're my great, great grandson. And I've been scamming you this whole time. I feel horrible. Let me actually help you save the day. And of course the great, great grandson would help him. Now what I didn't expect though, again, which is a good twist was the Ernesto de la Cruz part being the bad guy. And again, it, these movies, I know they always have a bad guy. They don't always need one. But, again, this one, again, felt genuine and real to me. I thought it felt well orchestrated. It, didn't, it felt organic, how it was told. And from what I've read about The Day of the Dead, very accurate. So a wonderful job to Pixar for keeping it straight. I know they've had a lot of problems with John Lasseter recently, bad publicity. And then, of course, the whole Olaf thing. Parents are either not going to the movie because they don't want to you know what i mean the olaf's frozen buttfuck adventure is just not that fun i mean well that would sound fun if there was buttfucking involved uh mainly the snowman okay the random thing part of the movie goes around the fact that olaf goes missing and they can't find him elsa created him with her snow powers duh also she has a protection spell on him why does she not know where why can she not sense where the fuck he is sorry plot hole yeah and by the way that has some funny moments in it but it just wasn't worth it to me i i missed just having a five minute it's five to ten minutes short in front of the movie so now that that's done again coco for those who don't want to watch olaf's frozen adventure have no fear but i think by the time this goes up it will no longer be in front of the movie So go see Coco in theaters now. It's amazing. And eventually, if you're a time traveler and you're going back into the past, listen to this episode in the present. Whoa, I just blew your mind, didn't you? Didn't I? You can probably watch it on DVD, on demand, or whatever. One last little thing. If you have thoughts on the movie Coco or, hell, even Olaf's Frozen Adventure, let me know. Email me at goodbadgeeky at gmail.com. That's goodbaggeeky at gmail.com. And uh, thanks for listening. jeez you're a creep go away we're having a good time until you start up cheapers. go have some coffee with cream or something because i'll tell you something this is a happy place